They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's Acts 2, 42 through 47, and that's out of the NIV. The early church was majorly on the move. They had to be, right? In order to do what they were doing and reaching people as we can see in Acts chapter 2. Here's the things that we see in the passage that I just read. They were devoted, first of all, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Many signs and wonders were performed by the apostles. The believers were together. They had everything in common. So there was this major culture of unity. No one was in need because if there was a need, they took care of it. They met together daily. They had meals together. They did life together. They praised God together and they enjoyed their presence together. Boy, am I glad we're doing that still in our local churches today. Amen? I said amen. <laughs> For being honest, I'm guessing that times like these are rare in churches. It's very often that churches are far from unity, that perhaps there's dis, uh, this disconnect across the body of believers, and, well, as a result, there's missed opportunities to take care of those in need because we're not fully looking out for one another and in tune with each other's needs. Post-COVID, that alone, a lot of folks are still concerned about meeting together in person at all. Now, I'm not sure about in your area, but that's still a thing around here at least a little bit. If we're not walking in unity, we will have very little impact in our church and in our community. That's why we're walking through these steps, so that we can catch on to God's mission for us as individuals and his mission for us as a church. We're getting there. We're throwing off everything that hinders. We're gravitating to the right foundation for life in the ministry. And I have to say, it's a constant battle, and this will continue to be a constant battle to not only get on, but to stay on the right foundation. Maybe you're at step six or seven today, but there's gonna be a day when you'll be looking at your situation and that you realize you need to go back to step one. Why? Because Satan is constantly on the attack. He's doing everything he can to stop the church in his tracks. He'll do everything he can to lead the church, the members, the leaders off the right foundation. Satan will do anything he can to divide and conquer. But we have this promise and we're holding on to the promise. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So now we're on stepping stone seven of the total ministry makeover. You've fallen in love with the Lord and in his church. You've assessed yourself and you've assessed your church. You've started leading a team and hopefully that's going very well. Maybe it's multiple teams. That's great. If you watched the last episode, you've killed the golden calves, or at least you learned how to. <laughs> Not so easy. It's easier said than done. I'll agree with that. But once you've done all that, once you've gotten past the, the muck of the valley, 
Oh, that's when ministry comes alive and becomes more fun than anything you could imagine. Oh, it's so much fun because we've shed everything that has gotten in the way between us and God, between us and His church, between us and our purpose. We're not letting any stumbling blocks get in the way. We're walking as one in unity, as a body of believers. Now we can do Stepping Stone 7, Transition to Purpose-Powered Ministries. Today, we're learning not just how to do the right things, but how to do the right things with excellence. I'm not asking for perfection. I'm asking for excellence. We're doing the best we can with what we have. We're giving our first fruits to the Lord and clothing the church, the bride of Christ, in righteous deeds. When this happens, the whole church gets on board. When we have these purpose-powered ministries, the whole church gets on board. They're ready to give it all they've got to lead people to Jesus. You've grudged through the valleys, and if you're past Stepping Stone 6, now you're on the mountaintop because so much fun happens right here. Welcome to episode 10 of the Total Ministry Makeover. Welcome to the Total Ministry Makeover, where we have one goal for church leaders everywhere, to get on the right foundation for life in the ministry. Regardless of the size of your church or the size of your leadership, if you follow the steps of the Total Ministry Makeover, it will dynamically change how you lead in your church, and by extension, how your church can impact your world for Jesus Christ. I'm Shane Thacker. I'm your host. Thanks for joining the conversation today. I try to add in a statistic from pastoralcareinc.com on each episode, and one that I noticed, this is a statistic that they said, uh, it's down at the bottom, you'll see in the link in the, uh, the episode description, but they said this statistic is 20 years old, so it's most certainly dated. They're trying to get more accurate info, but around 20 years ago, they had this mind-blowing statistic. This was in America, 4,000 churches, new churches begin each year but 7,000 churches closed yearly. So almost twice as many churches closed as opposed to those that opened. That is devastating. Now, I'm not sure how much this has changed over the years, but that's just insane. Can you throw, can you throw out a few guesses as to why this is happening? For one, I think leaders in general, yeah, this is us, we're not drawn to the struggling churches, but the thriving ones. And it's perfectly natural to think this in the business world. Like if you're looking for a job and you see this hole-in-the-wall kind of business that has a now hiring sign out front, but just up the road, there's the same type of business. It's well-maintained, there's better pay, they have a reputation that just draws people in. If you had a choice to work for either one, which would you choose? Well, it shouldn't be too surprising that church leaders, by and large, have been inclined to do the same thing when it comes to the constant context of the church. It's not how it should be, but it is how it is, isn't it? When there's no leadership at these struggling churches, well, no wonder they'd eventually close their doors. Well, why else are churches closing? You tell me. I'm sure you know of one or two that closed this last year. There's probably many that closed directly or indirectly due to COVID closures. They, they just couldn't financially stay afloat and they eventually dispersed. But if I were to guess, and I, 
I am just guessing the biggest factor of why churches close their doors. Again, I could be wrong. You correct me. You go ahead and correct me. Uh, send me a message if you think it's something else. I'd love to hear from you. But I think the biggest factor as to why churches close is because they lost sight of their purpose. They, they couldn't catch on as a church body. Maybe there was one or two people that knew their purpose, but they couldn't get the church to catch on to that same purpose, to get on board and to do what God's calling them to do as a church body. That's what I think the biggest factor is. Jesus says in Revelation 2.4 to the church in Ephesus that they have forgotten the love they had at first. Another version puts it, you've forgotten your first love. I don't know about you, but that absolutely sends chills down my spine thinking to myself, may that never be the case with me. Never again, right? Never again. So that's why Stepping Stone 7 is key as you're moving forward. You're getting on board with everything God's calling you to do. We're going to transition to purpose-powered ministries. What is your purpose as a church? If you've truly followed everything so far, all these steps that we've done, it'll be crystal clear because you've already laid the groundwork. You've already removed everything that hinders. It's like going down the highway. Well, if there's a bunch of potholes in the road, you've got to slow down or maybe swerve to miss, uh, to miss it. You might have to swerve to miss that massive rock in the road. You have to come to a full stop because this deer ran out in front of you and it's just staring at you. Or maybe it's like a betrayal where there's a head-on collision coming your way and if you don't come to a full stop on the roadside, it'll end up in disaster. Sometimes we have to stop. And there's a lot of things that get in the way for us as a church, most of it being directly by Satan's attacks. But whether it's sin in the camp that we have to address or something in our own lives that slows us down, we still have to stop and address it, right? Those are the things that get in the way. Maybe it's not sin, but rather something that God wants us to slow down and learn and grow and simply be patient before moving forward get the idea. Well, whatever it may be, there's always something that will slow us down. But there's those times, there's those moments when you as a church are able to go full throttle. We go full throttle when three things take place. And we're going to cover that after this short break as we talk about what it means to, to get on board with these purpose-powered ministries. We'll be right back. With the Total Ministry Makeover, if you're not aware, this is more than a podcast. It's a full-scale program. Uh, there's a book on Amazon.com. Hopefully down the road, I'm, I'm hoping. We'll see what happens. But I'm hoping to have uh, a small group devotional, download devotional, um, where we can have a video series that goes with it. So, uh, But here's some recent feedback from an Amazon.com review. This is a clear, example-rich book that offers the reader ideas to create a solid ministry. I recommend taking your time working through the steps within the book, allowing for thoughtful and prayerful consideration in all of the aspects within each step. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate the reviews. So if you've bought the book, send me some love on a review, and I'd love to give you a shout-out on the show as well. The book offers questions to go through with a Paul in your life, or a Barnabas, or for that matter, a Timothy. Maybe you can be the Paul for someone else and go through this with them. It goes through these questions, and it offers an opportunity for you guys to learn and grow in the faith as leaders. That's my prayer. That's my prayer with this entire program, that we can just continue doing what we're called to do as leaders in the church and have the church do the same. So, hope you can enjoy it. Hope you can check it out. And now we have t-shirts. They are available for $15, but I also have a combo deal. If you want the shirt and the book, purchase separately, they're just $15 each, but you can buy the combo for $25. Shipping is extra. Uh, send me a message if you want to buy one, uh, and I'll be sure to add that in the episode description for the link. I also have several blogs out, and with March being just around the corner, I wanted to make you aware of what I call the God is Calling Me season. From March to May each year, there are a lot of folks moving to different ministries. Maybe it's you. Is God calling you to stay or to go? I want to encourage you to check out this blog and assess whether you need to make this very big decision right now or to push pause and wait. Welcome back to the show. We're talking about Stepping Stone 7. We want to go full throttle now as a church and really get on the move. Now, I was using the road as an illustration how stuff gets in the way. It causes us to slow down, sometimes to a complete stop. Maybe you even have to hit reverse. (laughs) Well, I don't want you to miss this part of the analogy. You can only go full throttle when three things are simultaneously happening. When you can see clearly down the road, when you're operating a well-oiled machine, and when everything along the road is clear, as in cleared off, nothing's in the way. Are you getting a drone's eye view yet? What does that road look like for you? When the path is clear for your church, then everyone knows their purpose. They know where they are and where they'll be heading. When the church is like that of a well-oiled machine, they're carrying out that level of unity, working together as one to make it to the destination wherever you're leading them. And when everything along the road is cleared off, everything is fine along the road. It is full throttle, baby. And yes, these moments are few and far between, but they're some of the most amazing memories you'll have as a church for, for sure. So with this, this step in particular, transitioning to purpose-powered ministries, you need to look at the big picture, that drone's eye view, and see what's going on all across your church body. No doubt you have several wonderful ministries by now that have gone on for however long. The people leading them may be doing a fantastic job. So the question you need to be asking at this point is, we're doing things well, how can we take this, whatever it may be, to the next level? What does that look like taking it to the next level even? How can we serve in excellence and go back to our purpose as a church? And and how does this ministry fit within the grand scheme of your purpose as a church. God's purpose for you as a church. That's a better way of wording it for sure. 
The people leading in various ministries likely already have the answer to that. Oh, if they're full of the Spirit and full of wisdom, you remember those qualifications we talked about? Well, then they already know some of the problem areas that need adjusted. They, they've already done the work that they can to clear off the road and to see clearly. Uh, it's a well-oiled machine because they're equipping and training their team. They're probably coming up with solutions that you didn't even know was a problem. They are on fire for God. They're ready to do whatever it takes to lead well. They might already know how to take this to the next level. They just need to know that that's what they're supposed to be doing. So, how, so what do you do with someone like that? They're doing all the right things. They have the right heart. Here's what I'm recommending, okay? You need to sit down with those leaders of any of your teams across various ministries, whatever that may be within the context of your church, and simply ask them, how are you doing? And is there anything we need to do better? Start there. Later on, you can say, how can we take this ministry to the next level? But don't ask that yet. Don't worry about that yet. How are you doing? And is there anything we need to do better? As you do this, you'll want to constantly help them to see the big picture, to see what's down the road. Help them to see who we are as a church and how this team fits, this team of theirs fits into the big picture, but also what lies ahead. You need to constantly help equip them as needed to help remove anything that hinders, to equip them as leaders to equip their own team. You need to make sure that this particular team within the church is a well-oiled machine. They will see to it. But you want to make sure that your leader is constantly equipping them to do that. So they see clearly and they're clearly equipped and there's no stumbling blocks left in the way. It's full throttle. So if you're meeting with your team leaders, before offering any input to them, ask your input from them. Ask them what's their opinion on it. Don't go in pretending you're the expert and ready to change everything they're doing. They've already been doing all the grunt work. They've done the good and the bad of every single part of that job. Who are we to step in and tell them to change it up just like that? It stunts growth. Remember, you want to be a help in any way, not a hindrance. So again, ask, how can we do better as a ministry? How can this ministry become a purpose-powered ministry? Let them take as much ownership in this as possible and simply be there as a support. You get out of the way. What happens then? Yes, you're making less decisions, but they can see this particular ministry a lot clearer than you can. It would be wrong to rob them of the opportunity to, to make some decisions just because you wanted things done differently. Let them lead in the way that they lead. Step out of the way and let God work through them. I can promise you, if they're already full of the Spirit and full of wisdom, they will know about 90% of the way on how to take their ministry to the next level. And if they're truly a great leader, they'll have the wisdom to ask you what you think. And now that you have the context of what they're thinking, they've already, you've asked them, what can we do to take it to the next level? They've got you 90% of the way there. Well, they have ownership in the decision-making for this, and then you can offer at that point any insight you have. Don't have any? That's okay. Regardless, keep encouraging them to go back to their purpose 
why they're there in the first place, why that ministry exists, and how it fits in the grand scheme of their purpose as a church. Don't let them forget their first love, their devotion to the Lord. Oh, it comes alive when this happens. Full throttle ministries happen. The team is excited. The church sees what <laughs> they see what's happening and they get excited and they're on the move. They're inspired to step in and serve as well, maybe in a totally different ministry. Maybe it's something that hadn't even come up yet that they see as a need and they're presenting to you one day and saying, I'm going to step in. I want to step in and lead in this way. Oh, let's get out of the way and let them move. What happens when all these ministries are back to their purpose? They are purpose-powered ministries. That's when the community sees the church brightly radiating God's love. Win, win, win all around. It is so much fun. And this is exactly where you're headed next if you followed these steps. Well, what's the result of this level of unity and excitement within the church? The early church modeled it. You can go back to the passage at the beginning of Acts 2.42 and following. You know, at the end of that, in verse 47, it said, The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. But it wasn't the only time that happened. Oh, they had full throttle on multiple occasions, but they had some things that got in the way, didn't they? Well, in Acts 4, verses 32 through 35, again, uh, I'm reading out of the NIV. It says this. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, in them all, that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses, they sold them. They brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to everyone who had need. So there's no needs left. Oh, there will be down the road. But in that moment, it's full throttle, baby. We are having an amazing opportunity as a church. When we go to our purpose-powered ministries, we're fully on board with God's purpose for us, God's purpose for our church, God's mission for our church. We are full throttle at that point, and it is an amazing moment. You are going to get there, I promise. But you got to go through the tough stuff first. You got to be willing to stick through the thick and the thin. You've got to be willing to lead through the toughest of times, those valley moments before you make it to the mountaintop. It's full throttle. It's the total ministry makeover. Here's your groundwork for the week. Get with your Paul and talk about where you're at in these steps. And if your church is ready to step up into a purpose-powered ministry, if not, what's keeping you from it? Are they not seeing the road clearly? Are they not a well-oiled machine? Are they not having things clearly on the road? Is it is it a lot of stuff getting in the way? You got these stumbling blocks, these potholes. You got this deer staring at you in the middle of the road. What is it that's getting in the way? But if so, if you're ready to step up to these purpose-powered ministries, full throttle, what do you need to do to help any ministry teams within your church to see clearly where they are 
and where they need to go. Remember, you go full throttle when you see the road clearly, when you're a well-oiled machine, and when the road itself is clear. The questions are available in the episode notes. On each episode, if this content has been helpful, please help us continue increasing the viewership by clicking the like and share button anywhere you can. That would be greatly appreciated. This podcast, as of the time of recording, has been downloaded in 21 states and 10 countries because you have been so helpful in spreading the word. I say this, but I don't say it often enough. Thank you. I know some days are tough, but I want to continually be an encouragement to you to keep moving forward in ministry together as you lead in the church. Remember, God made us in his image, and he has never been alone. Feel free to reach out if you need to chat about your situation, and as most of you already probably know, I'll be more than happy to set up that chat anytime I'm available. That being said, let's go full throttle. Let's get everything removed that hinders, that gets in the way. Let's go back to our purpose and have a total ministry makeover. We'll be moving forward as a church. Thanks again for joining, and God bless.